T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Don't do that. If you really wanted to listen to Sports Talk Saturday, just ask Alexa, Alexa say, hey, Alexa, I want to listen to Nate Geary. Don't, actually, don't do that, because I'm not sure that it'll get you anywhere that you need to be and or want to listen to. It'll get you a live feed right to your house. Right to my home, actually. You, get, you can go into my ring doorbell. Messed uh, up. Just kidding. Uh, let's go to the Western Hotline. Joe Caparoso of uh, I, what I view to be one of the better podcasts that he does, too, with Connor Rogers, a good friend of the program. Connor's on, I don't know, like once every other month or so here. And I reached out to Connor because I was like, listen, uh, the guy that you do a lot of work with, Joe, is really talented. Love to have him on the show. So he gave me his phone number, and this is how you do things in the common era. You just DM friends, and they'll give you phone numbers, and that's how Joe's on the program. So Joe, you're on the Western Hotline. Welcome. It's the first time on your uh, first time having you on my show, so we're really excited to have you. Love your work that you do um, over at Badlands and uh, TurnOnTheJets.com. So we're really happy to have you. We're excited to kind of talk to you about – everybody kind of knows what the Jets are going to do at two, but I, I want to kind of get some context and background on the second p- overall pick with Zach Wilson and what you guys are ultimately going to do. But ultimately – I also want to talk a little bit about how you're going to surround this young quarterback. So first and foremost, Joe, welcome, um, and thanks for making time for us here. And I don't know if you've got a good one-liner you want to start with, other than the fact I was going to introduce you as if Mina Kimes was um, was Mariano Rivera. You're sort of like the Andy Pettit. You're going to give me six good innings here, and then I'm going to turn it over to the bullpen. Look, I'll take the Andy Pettit comparison any day of the week. I'm not going to complain about that. Thank you for having me. Excited to be on. <laughs> Pleasure, man. Well, uh, one of the first things I wanted to talk to you about is obviously uh, I, I was talking to Evan Lazar, who, who kind of covers the Patriots, and we were talking about this number two pick, right? And and not only that, but Eric at home and, and Chris Trapasso earlier in the program, we all kind of said, yeah, more than likely – Robert Sala with his connections in San Francisco. San Francisco probably doesn't move up if they don't know exactly who is going to be available for them at number three. So let's just, you know, maybe put away all of the anxiety. It's going to be Zach Wilson. With that being said, what gives you the confidence other than Joe Douglas, who I think is in a much, you're in a much better situation with Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, the head coach. So, but what is giving you the confidence that this time, the quarterback that you guys take, this is going to be the guy that you ultimately figure out a way to build around and turn in and, and really get to see the potential that you never really got to see, especially with a guy like Sam Darnold. I mean, my main hope and the main difference compared to the Darnold situation is there are much there are more pieces in place to properly build an offense around him. When the Jets drafted Darnold, they had to trade three second rounders to make that pick. So the year they took Darnold, they didn't have an extra first round pick like they do for Zach Wilson. They didn't even have a second round pick. Their next pick wasn't until late in the third round, and 
former genius uh, Mike McCagnan used that pick on an interior <laughs> defensive lineman. He used another day three pick on a cornerback who's out of the NFL. Basically no focus on helping Darnold. And also Wilson will come into a situation where he has what looks to be a legitimate franchise left tackle in Mekhi Becton, something the Jets did not have in 2018. I think the group of receivers as it currently stands, while it's not great, is certainly much better than what they were dealing with a few years ago. You have guys in Corey Davis and Jamison Crowder who are competent starting NFL players, at least. And you hope Denzel Mims and uh, can reach his potential in year two in a better offense and Keelan Cole rounding out the depth. So the situation is a little better. There's still a lot of work to be done. And you just early signs indicate that Joe Douglas has a much better grasp on how to build and support around a young quarterback, his drafted young quarterback, yeah. than what the Jets initially did for Darnold, which was some of the blame is certainly on Darnold himself, but he also never really had a chance to succeed here between the roster and the coaching staff he had. When you look at Darnold now and the situation he goes to in Carolina, I, I you know, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on, on you know, ex-girlfriends here, but with, with Sam Darnold, I do find... I find it weird that he's one of those guys that I think a majority of the fan base in New York was kind of ready and willing to move on from. But while they were ready and willing to move on from him, there was still a level of like, uh, like I don't know, like a homerish pride that's like, I don't want to see Sam Darnold go somewhere else and have success knowing that, you know, he was drafted. Everyone was really excited about Darnold and the, uh, and the up upward type potential that he himself as a prospect had and listen as a Bills fan here in Buffalo I think most people thought if you could have got Sam Darnold and I think that's who I think the majority of people here in Buffalo believe the Bills had targeted as their top quarterback in that draft um, and they just couldn't get up in front of the New York Jets because the Jets got there first right Um, but I look back at that draft and I think you know out of the guys with the most upside Josh Allen is right there but Sam Darnold was right there as well and I'm wondering you know is there sort of like a a fear or a worry within the Jets fan base that like he goes into a situation with an offensive corner like Joe Brady and an offense that's got weapons and a really established running game and what if he has success is there going to be like a bitterness to that or is it just it doesn't matter what happens with Sam Darnold we're kind of ready to move on in, in this direction I think it depends what happens with Wilson. I think most fans, like Darnold, thought he was a good guy and was kind of given the short end of the stick here and would not mind him finding some type of success elsewhere, particularly if it's complemented by the Jets finding their own quarterback here. I think most of us agreed that it was best for both parties to move on. You know, while Sam has plenty of excuses, he was really bad last year, straight-up terrible, you know, even with the excuses that were going on around him. I think – There's no doubt he's going to be better in Carolina. It's just how much better. And If his ceiling is the guy he was in 2019, which is, you know, 19 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, seven yards per attempt, a couple big flash moments, but pretty, you know, middle of the road, 20th best starter in the NFL. If that's what his ceiling is going to be, then the Jets made the right choice to try to swing for the fences and get someone who hopefully has a higher ceiling than that. Now, we don't know. If Zach Wilson's going to be that guy, I do think he's a better, higher-ceiling prospect coming out than Darnold. Uh, but you never know with these, you know, with these guys in these situations. And you guys saw that with Allen. I think myself included were very skeptical about that pick, and he shut a lot of people up and really got so much better year over year and made that actual leap that you always talk about with young quarterbacks. He's definitely in a much better situation. 
than Darnold was, but that doesn't take away from how much better he's gotten with his accuracy and how he remains a weapon, a weapon in the running and the pass game. So it was time to move on. It was kind of a no-brainer when you factor in the financials and that Joe Douglas didn't even draft Sam Darnold in the first place, and the Jets were overdue to have a GM, a head coach, and a rookie quarterback line up on the yeah. same timetable, which they just haven't had forever. So, you know, best of luck to Sam. Not too good of luck because the Jets have Carolina's second-round pick next year, and we want that to be a high second-round pick. Uh, but it's definitely time to turn the page. Yeah, and it's funny, too. I, I, I often think about, you know, lining up that, that general manager, head coach, and quarterback, and, and, and part of why I think there's so much so much excitement here in Buffalo is that there is that it's synced up and there's sort of one there's one at times it can be a little nauseating but there is like this one message right like it's there is no no one's left sort of wondering where you know one guy stands over the other there's a lot of synchrony um or or I don't know what what a good word for for how synced up this this organization is it's starting to feel like New York is sort of getting on that level and I think if you're a Bills fan you're probably a little worried about that because the Jets have had talented teams in the past they just couldn't figure out how to have that success. And going into this year, what makes you guys and you and maybe just you in particular so excited about this this young quarterback out of BYU? And 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 what makes you think like this? Other than the fact that we saw him have the success he had last year, I think the things that pop out in film are the arm strength, his ability to move outside the pocket off script, which I think is sort of where the league is going and why the conversations around Mac Jones are so confusing to me. Um, but I, when I look at sort of the prototypical, maybe not size and strength-wise, but the prototypical where the NFL is going, Zach Wilson fits that mold. Yeah, I think you, you nailed it in that his arm strength and ability to attack accurately down the field is particularly exciting for Jet fans because you're coming off two, three years of a very horizontal offense. Part of that's on Gase, part of that's on Darnold, but it was very, you know, throwing a three-yard pass on third and nine over and over again. Zach Wilson, maybe the thing he does better than any quarterback in this class is throw the ball down the field accurately and play aggressive. And He's certainly not a conservative quarterback. He could create off script, which, which is really important in today's NFL. I think there are some fair concerns about his durability, about the competition level, but I think when you add everything up with how quick his release is, how creative he can be in a, avoiding pressure and then taking a shot down the field, it just creates a ceiling for a higher ceiling for their offense and not an offense that's basically trying to just play off their defense and try to win games 17-14 here or there, which is basically the only way the Jets were able to win a handful of times over the past couple of years. He's also coming into a coaching staff that all of us are rightly excited about. I feel certainly you're going to be excited about anyone after yeah. Adam Gase, but I think Robert Sala was one of the top guys, if not the top available candidate, and the Jets landed him. He brings over LaFleur from San Francisco, a guy that all of us are hoping has the same offensive mind as a, as a Kyle Shanahan, and we know in a minimum is going to bring a system that makes sense and works in today's NFL, which the Jets just didn't have. So the offensive system should set up Zach Wilson to succeed a lot more than they previously had, and he just has more arm talent and a more, of a, more of an aggressive game to hopefully take advantage of it than Darnold did. Joe Caparoso here of Badlands uh, on the Wester Hotline. Um, part of, I think, the discussion of this offseason that was almost refreshing for me as someone, I, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a Jets hater. I'm not a huge Jets fan myself, but Watching what they did this offseason was so against what the Jets have been known to do in past offseasons. It made me stutter. It stopped me in my place a little bit. And I thought, 
there, there is clearly a changing of the guard in New York. Like, them not going out and setting that... Listen, Carl Lawson deal, every team would have loved Carl Lawson. I know every Bills fan was stumping for Carl Lawson. That was a huge get for the Jets. And I think that really set the tone for free agency as this is not the type of year we're going to go out and get every guy at every top position and spend $100 million this offseason. And in fact, other than that move, and I think the Jared Davis move is a sneaky good one. You mentioned Corey Davis, another sneaky good move. I don't feel... Listen, the, the the team that has run this division for the better part of two decades did exactly what the Jets have done for the better part of two two decades, and it feels like the smarts uh, this offseason really, really moved into Joe Douglas's corner. I was impressed by their offseason. Talk a little bit about what you liked about their, their, their sort of strategy into free agency. I mean, just finally addressing edge rusher. The Jets have not had a legitimate edge rusher or an edge rusher. And presence. he is legitimate, dude. He is. Yeah. And, and not only that, listen, and, and the thing that people, that the detractors might say is, well, this is a guy that had one really good season his rookie year and hasn't had the sack numbers that you'd like to see. Well, I will say he's going to go into a Jets defensive line that was probably the strength of their team and has been the strength of their team for years, but it's never been on the edge. It's not on the interior, and you got a top five pick on the inside of that defensive line to match with an edge rusher. Like, it it made so much sense to me, and I'm just for, from a outside looking in. It was such a smart, savvy move, um, and to get Robert Sala, the guy that he needs to run that defense accordingly. Yeah, I mean they definitely built the defensive front that Robert Sala is going to need to run his defense. We saw we saw how it worked in San Francisco. They just had a deep, loaded, talented defensive line, and now you look at the Jets. You have you have Quinton Williams. Uh, you have some underrated guys who were productive last year in Foley, Fayoukasi, and John Franklin Myers, but now you really round it out by putting Carl Lawson on the edge where he's going to bring some juice to that position that they just have not had for a long time. You add Vinny Curry for further depth uh, to round out that group. They're going to be able to get after the quarterback. Uh, they still have some work to do in the defensive backfield, and I think that will come through the draft and maybe after the draft a little bit, but their pass rush uh, should be as good as it's been in a very long time. And I, I think offensively, getting Davis in here, a guy who should be a good fit for what they're doing, could win on contested catches, is a willing blocker in the run game. I don't think he's someone you're counting on to go have, you know, 1,100 yards receiving. Sure. But he is going to be reliable when you go to him and be a good complement for what they have with Mims, Crowder, and Cole around him right now. I think I'm curious to see what else they do after the draft, is there a couple other minor tweaks? I think while they've made progress on the depth chart, there are still some fair concerns on the offensive line yep. and a cornerback in particular. But they definitely moved the ball forward and focused on ideally younger up-and-coming free agents, yep. guys coming off years that you feel like they're still going to be hitting their prime the next two or three years uh, instead of investing guys maybe more towards the back end of their prime. Was is Le'Veon Bell a name that you were thinking of in that? I don't know. I don't know. That was kind of one that popped among up. The, <laughs> among many, along with Jermaine Johnson and a yeah. couple other disastrous recent free agent contracts. Yeah, no. I, the last thing I got for you, Joe, and and I want to talk to you about the 23rd pick because I think because we know what the Jets are likely going to be doing at, this, at the second overall pick, that, that 23rd pick really becomes maybe the more important of the two picks because obviously quarterback's the most important position. There's no denying that. And in particular in this organization, the quarterback position, really, they need to solidify it for the future and moving forward. We all agree there. At 23, what, who could they take at 23 that would make you think, man, I, like 
I don't know. I, I, I could tell you're confident about this organization. I think it should be. But, like, what? who is the pick at 23 where you just say, man, this is a home run. This team knows how they need to build around this quarterback. And I feel more confident about this organization, not because of the second overall pick and addressing the quarterback position, but because they did this to help facilitate the growth of the quarterback position. I mean, I think in a perfect world, you're landing a day one starting offensive lineman, whether that's Vera Tucker or Tevin Jenkins. I don't know if those guys are going to be there, but if they are, you need a guy who could start for you right now at guard and then maybe eventually kick out to right tackle. But you cannot go back with Alex Lewis and Greg Van Routen uh, around Connor McGovern on the interior offensive line. And that, if you get those two guys at 23, that's a good match of need and value. Of course, you don't want to overreach because you need to fill a hole on your roster, but those guys at 23 to follow with your next franchise quarterback going offensive line to protect him is exactly the kind of message you want to send. The last time the Jets were good for a prolonged period of time, it's because they took the Brickishaw Ferguson and Nick Mangold in the first round, and that really built the foundation of how they were able to run the ball, protect their young quarterback who had a lot of limitations, in Mark Sanchez, but was still enough to get into the AFC Championship game two years in a row. So you got Mekhi Becton last year. You get another blue-chip offensive lineman with your other first-round pick. You're setting Zach Wilson up to succeed that much more. Now, if the board breaks a certain way and those two guys aren't there, I see them probably going cornerback because they do need a lot of help there. Still a critical position on the defense overall. I know it's popular to mock them taking a running back, whether yep. it's you know, Harris at 23 or 34. I'd be really surprised if Joe Douglas takes a running back at 23 or 34. I think all fans have their fingers crossed that Avira Tucker or Jenkins is there at 23, and the Jets build protection for Zach Wilson, especially because one of the biggest knocks on him is his frame of potential mm-hmm. durability. 100%, man. Hey, tell the folks here that are listening uh, where they can find your work and uh, any uh, any promos of uh, work you got coming up here before the draft. Sure. You can check out Connor and my podcast on Patreon. It's patreon.com backslash BadlandsTOJ. We have our first ever New York Jets-centric draft guide coming out Monday, uh, so make sure to check that out. We have weekly shows uh, usually two or three times a week now. So it's just, yeah, patreon.com backslash Badlands POJ.